Welcome to the Generational Clash Pod. Helping bridge the generational gap everywhere. Now, with all 22 teams in the bubble being at least four games into the NBA restart and the NBA playoffs set to start in exactly 10 days, the playoff picture is starting to unfold in front of our own eyes. And it will be hard to find someone that doesn't believe the Portland Trailblazers are going to overtake the Memphis Grizzlies for the 8th seed. I mean, Portland is one of those teams that got healthy during the work stoppage. With Norkage and Zach Collins back in the lineup, add that with Melo, who is looking like he's in great shape, and plus one of, if not, the best backcourts in the league with Damon CJ. I think they can give the Lakers all they can handle in the first round. The short lockout season in 98-99, the New York Knicks made the finals as an AFC. So strange things have happened in the past. But not to sound too much like Roy Jones Jr., Y'all must have forgot. When the playoffs start, LeBron goes dark. Zero, dark, 30. Can the Blazers make things interesting? Yeah, I think they have a better roster than the Lakers top to bottom. But they don't have LeBron and AD. And in the end, that'll make the difference. I could see the series maybe going six games. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. The Trailblazers are not out of the woods yet. I do believe they'll overtake Memphis for that AFC. But however, I have the Phoenix Suns who are 4-0 inside the bubble, including a win over the Los Angeles Clippers where Devin Booker hit the game winner. I got them grabbing that ninth spot and forcing a play-it game against Portland. And there's a lot of people screaming the Lakers don't want Portland in the first round. But Trailblazers fans aren't beating that drum to play that young Suns team in a play-it game scenario where not only would I like the Suns' chances, I would pick the Suns. I love that young core of Booker, Aiton, and Bridges. And now from round ball to the gridiron, UConn football becomes the first FBS team to cancel its season. On the same day, the Big Ten surprised us and released a complete 10-game schedule with Ohio State at Illinois on Thursday night, September 3rd, Indiana at Wisconsin Friday night, September 4th, and the rest of the conference, including my beloved Nittany Lions, will kick off Saturday, September 5th. The season is scheduled to run through November 21st with some open dates in case some games need to be moved around. With the Big Ten Championship, scheduled to be played December 5th. I don't know if the season's going to happen. My personal opinion is, I don't think we see college football again until at least the springtime. And this is the Big Ten, where I believe we've already had multiple programs in quarantine due to the coronavirus. And the season hasn't even started yet. I mean, we're talking about student athletes here, people. Student athletes. College kids. I mean, you're a college kid. And I don't even know how I feel about you going back to school in a couple weeks. And these guys are being asked to travel from Happy Valley to East Lansing to East East Rutherford to Columbus, Nebraska, Ann Arbor, and so forth. And I believe in these trying times, that's a tough ask. We already had one prominent player and arguably the best defensive player in the conference. From your beloved Nittany Lions, Micah Parsons, choosing to opt out of the 2020 season. And even if the season does happen, it's going to look different and it's going to feel different. One game that stands out in particular is Ohio State-Michigan, one of the biggest rivalries within sports, being played before Halloween. When I was a little girl growing up in Ohio, my big brother's birthday always fell on that weekend, so we always had a house full over to watch the big game. And now for the first time since 1942, it's not going to happen on that final weekend. 
So now from the Big Ten releasing its schedule to Dwayne The Rock Johnson and his ex-wife slash business partner Danny Garcia releasing a statement to announce that they have purchased the XFL. (laughs) Is it me? It doesn't seem like the XFL has like nine lives. We've seen this movie before. We already know how it ends. No matter who's the owner. Vince McMahon, The Rock. Hell, it could be Shawn Michaels. It's still going to end in heartbreak, kid. Get what I'm saying? Heartbreak, kid. (laughs) The only way I can see the XFL having some kind of staying power is if it battles the NFL for some of the top collegiate athletes or or poaches away some of the NFL's high-priced free agents. And even then, I I honestly don't know. The USFL had three consecutive Heisman Trophy winners with Herschel Walker, Doug Flutie, and Mike Rozier and a few future Hall of Famers like Reggie White, Steve Young, and Jim Kelly. And it still only lasted just three seasons. You can't put syrup on a turd and tell me it's a pancake. How many times can you ask me to tune in to watch Josh Johnson versus Cordell Jones? Come on now. And I mean, I don't remember the first stint. I was maybe like two at the time, but the last go around, I was actually pretty excited So I did tune in, but after a few weeks, it became a bit of a tough watch. The product that the NFL puts out there is so good, other football leagues fail in comparison. But I do believe the third time is the charm for the XFL. There are so many talented players still out there. For some reason, they didn't get that combine invite, so they were banking on their school's pro days, but because of these strange times, they didn't get that chance. Years previous, maybe they get a training camp invite, but because of these strange times, they didn't get that chance. I believe the XFL could be that chance and that would make the XFL's talent pool rise and produce better football. And not for nothing, I just believe in Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He played college football at the University of Miami, professional in Canada. I remember reading in his autobiography that during his time in Canada, he was so broke he would go dumpster diving for food. And then he went on to trade in his shoulder pads for an elbow pad as he went to the WWE and became the greatest entertainer in sports entertainment. And he took over Tinseltown and is now one of Hollywood's most sought after men. All he does is win, and I'm going to take a rock-solid stance here and bet on Dwayne Johnson until proven otherwise. Now it's that time of the pod where we talk about something other than sports. And in honor of The Rock buying the XFL, we're going to talk about Rock the Wrestler versus Dwayne Johnson, the movie star. And Dad, I'm going to let you go first. You already know where I stand with this one. As much as I enjoy The Rock's films, I got to side with the work he did inside the WWE square circle. It's not even close to me. I got to go with the jabroni beaten, pie eaten, trailblazing, eyebrow raising people's champ. His matches, classic. Mike skills to this day unmatched. I still remember when he took over the nation of domination from Farouk. His wars with mankind to them eventually forming the rock and sock connection and winning the WWE tag titles. The battles with Austin. The iconic match at WrestleMania against Hollywood Hogan. I mean, he had a catchphrase the WWE loved so much, they turned it into a second show. The Smackdown. So I'm definitely, hands down, choosing The Rock. The great one. The people's champ. And now, what do you think? It doesn't matter what you think. Okay. Okay. I couldn't stop myself. (laughs) Okay, so 
don't even know how to transition from that. It's not myself. Uh, okay, now that you're done, well, I mean, what's not to like about the most electrifying man in sports entertainment? His theme music, the loud shirts, the eyebrow, his finishing move. He's definitely on my Mount Rushmore of WWE stars. But in saying that, I may have to get a very slight edge to Dwayne Johnson. I loved his HBO series, Ballers. I'm a huge fan of the Titan games, as you know. And I mean, just look at his catalog of work on the big screen. The Fast and Furious franchise, the Jumanji films, Central Intelligence with Kevin Hart, and I can't forget the voice of Maui in Moana. And the list is still growing with him set to play Black Adam in DC and Warner Brothers film entitled Black Adam, based on the comic book villain slash anti-hero of Shazam. But how come you didn't mention Baywatch and Doom? I mean, you're only making my point more. Only the great ones can bounce back from that. So there you have it, everyone. That's where generations clash. Be safe, everyone. Don't forget to wash your hands, social distance, and sanitize. In the words of Diggable Planet, we out, we out, we out.